reading from Romans chapter 12 this morning. Um, Romans chapter 12, the first part of Romans chapter 12. It's a well-known um, piece of scripture. You've heard it before, we've, we've spoken about it before, but we want to have a little bit of a focus on that this morning as we wrap up our mini micro theme around accountability, around becoming mature disciples. So follow with me as I read Romans chapter 12, verse 1. I appeal to you, therefore, brothers, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your spiritual worship. Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind, that by testing you might discern what is the will of God, what is good and acceptable and perfect. For by the grace given to me, I say to everyone among you, not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think, but to think with sober judgment, each according to the measure of faith that God has assigned. For as in one body we have many members... And the members do not all have the same function. So we, though many, are one body in Christ and individually members of one another. Having gifts that differ according to the grace given to us, let us use them. If prophecy in proportion to our faith, if service in our serving, the one who teaches in his teaching, the one who exhorts in his exhortation, the one who contributes in generosity, the one who leads with zeal, the one who does acts of mercy with cheerfulness. So far, in the words of our reading this morning, and um, I'm going to whip this off because it's kind of warm with the heater behind me. So, thank you. So, um, just to um, we do this every time, and I think it's really important. It helps me to to stay focused. Just to to recap a little bit, and if you're here for the first time, to 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 give you an idea of what we're doing. This year we're looking at um, becoming mature disciples, traits of mature disciples. And we're looking at, you know, if we want to be uh, mature disciples, we want to be people that, that reflect Jesus, reflect God in the world around us. Um, what are some of the things that, that are traits? Or perhaps we could use the word, what are some of the things that are identifiers? What are some of the things that would cause us to grow? We've been talking about these things being traits, and I was thinking a bit about it this week um, in, in the office. Um, we've been using the language, these are the traits of a mature disciple. This is how you can tell that you're maturing as a disciple, how someone else can tell. But I think that they're also aids. I started thinking about the fact that they're also aids, things that help us to get to where we want to or to get to where we know we need to go. They're not just traits, but they're tools that we can use um, in discipleship to become more mature. So think of them as traits. They are traits. They're identifiers. They're ways that we can see that we're maturing in, in individually, but we can also see in each other. But they're also tools. They're things that help us to become mature, that help us to become more Christ-like. You know, Because if I want to develop in any area, if I want to reach a goal, if I want to qualify for something, if I want to meet a standard, whatever I do, I look for things that will aid me in that, things that would help me in that, wouldn't I? And I think we need to see these things as too. If, we, if, we, if that's our aspiration, that we want to be, become mature as disciples, if we want to become mature followers of Christ, we're going to look for things that are going to help us to get there. What are some of the things that are going to 
kick us along on the journey. And I think we want to see these things like that as well. And particularly, it really works well in this mini section we're looking at in these few weeks. We've been looking at accountability over the last couple of weeks. What if we saw accountability as a means to become even more like Jesus? What if we saw it like that? We know that that's what we're called to do. We know that we're, we know that we're called to be more like Jesus. And if you're anything like me, that isn't always easy, right? And I can't do it alone. What if we saw accountability as a means to become more like Jesus? And what if these things, like church community, prayer, sharing the gospel, accountability, actually made my journey easier? What if these things actually made it quicker, better, more efficient, easier in becoming more fulfilled and increasing the way my life gives glory to God. And so I was just thinking of that this week and I just wanted to, uh, to, to mention that. To sort of say, let's not just look at these as check marks. How can we check whether this person is a mature disciple? How can I check whether I'm a... Let's look at these things as opportunities and aids and things that actually help us to get to where we want to go. That, that they're given to us as a gift. Today we're at the um, last of three messages on accountability. We focused on accountability for a couple of weeks, as I've said. We, we began and we said that it was a place of trust. Accountability was a place of trust. And, and mostly trust in God, that we can count on God, that we can count on each other, but we can count on God. We can trust God that he did what he said he would do, namely save us. And he will do what he says he will do. He will come back. And we can count on Jesus in each other. When we're all maturing, when we're growing together as disciples, and when we're committing to each other, we can count on Jesus in each other. And last week we, we said it was a place of truth. Joel spoke with us, shared with us about a place of truth where we can be honest and open and, and vulnerable. A place of real confession. And that we point each other to the gospel. That it's a place where we, where we say, hey, look at what Jesus did. To Jesus first and what Jesus has done. Not first to our behavior or behavioral change. And today we're looking at it being a place of transformation. That accountability is one of our great aids to being transformed. You know, the Bible talks about us becoming more and more like Jesus. You know, more and more suggests transformation, doesn't it? It suggests change. Romans 8 verse 29 says, Being conformed to his image. Being, not being, or, or, but being conformed to the image of Christ. Who he is. So in transformation, Jesus is our model. He completely transformed his own life and his existence to transform ours. And I think that's the, kind of, that's, that's the motivation we need to think of. You know, Jesus is not just our motivation, he's our inspiration. He's our model. He completely transformed his own life and existence to transform ours. If you want motivation for transformation, that's it there. Let's have a quick look at our text, our, our scripture this morning. Like I said, it's a well-known one and... You've probably read that before. You know, Paul says, Don't be conformed to the world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. That by testing, checking, 
testing and looking and checking, you will know the will of God. And we know what the will of God is, don't we? We, we, we have it here. We, we understand what God's will is for our lives. We understand what, what we're called to do. But Paul starts with a therefore, doesn't he? He says, I appeal to you, therefore. And we all know that little saying. When you see therefore, you ask the question, what is it? Therefore. You know, and it's really good to do that. It's corny as all get out. I, I get that. But it's really good to do because it forces you to look at it and say, well, so what was he saying before? Why would you say therefore? You know, Paul just spent before this, he spent 11 chapters, and I'm not going to take you through all the chapters. He spent 11 chapters talking to the Jews and the Gentiles about God's grace and their faith. He spent, he's, he's hit it at a, number, at, at a stack of angles and he's impressed upon them the grace of God and everything that Christ had done for them in, in the cross and, and their faith. How amazing God's work of salvation is. How thorough God's work of salvation is. You know, Paul spends a lot of time talking about it was thorough, it was complete, it was enough. And how for many the salvation was. What it means and has done. And right in the middle of that, in chapter 6, he reminds them, and this is interesting, he reminds them that faith is not the only response to God's mercy. And I've got a slide here, the first slide, um, where he says this in chapter 6. He says, What shall we say then? Are we to continue in sin that grace may abound? By no means. How can we who died to sin still live in it? And so right in the middle of, of explaining to them and saying how much Christ has done for them and, and, and how, how deep salvation is and how complete salvation is, he says in chapter 6, he says, Faith is not the only response. How, what should we say? Are we to continue in sin? Paul emphasizes that faith is exercised in holy lives. Faith and faithfulness are forever linked. Paul draws that link in chapter 6, doesn't he? So in our chapter, he starts with a therefore. So that's why the therefore is so important. He said, this is how great God is. This is how much he's done for you. Look, it's not just faith. It's not just a response. A holy life is your response. Therefore, so, and because of this, here's some practical advice. It's almost like Paul saying, here's something practical for you. Don't be conformed, but be transformed. Now, the original word for conformed here, and I had a quick look at Original words for conformed is what Paul's talking about, is malleable, flexible, changing from day to day, easily influenced. And this is the kind of person that will just embrace the very next thing or popular philosophy or a trend or an idea or a fad. We're not into trends and ideas and fads, are we? Not at all. Just have watch the fashion of the young people, you know, how it changes week to week, you know. <laughs> Someone that's easily convinced by the easy way or by their internal desire. So that's what Paul's talking about. Don't be conformed. Don't be like that, but be transformed. And the word transformed he uses is quite different. It's this whole sense of it involves the core of, of, your, of, this be, of your being. It's, it's being anchored, solid, feet on the ground, steady, but also moving forward and maintaining the course. And so Paul's saying, don't be conformed, don't be flexible and easily, but, but be transformed, be steady, keep moving on to what Christ has called you to. You know, and, and Paul wasn't speaking uh, in a vacuum there. There were so many things and forces in that time. 
that were looking to mold and shape people. And they're thinking. There were so many things that were, were ready and, and so willing and, and easily drew them away from the kingdom thinking that Paul had, had set them up with and Paul had shared with them and they'd, they'd accepted and embraced. So he challenges them to be transformed, steady, on course, not changing or malleable or being easily influenced. That together or in concert with his call not just to have faith but to be faithful forms the basis for his challenge. Because Paul sees the body, each other, you and me, and, and the body in, in Ephesus back then, as fundamental in that. Paul sees that the body's really important. We're really important to each other in this, in this being transformed. Have a look at, um, in our scripture as he goes on, in, have a look at verse 5. I think I've popped it up there again, haven't I? It says, So we, though many, are one body in Christ, and individually members of one another. So simply said, each of us is in relationship to Christ, and therefore, because of that, we're in relationship with each other. And so that forms that whole context. So this journey of being someone who's received amazing um, grace by God, who's, who, someone who has, has understood the depth of Christ's work in our lives, and, in, and he's speaking to them in their lives, but in, for us in our lives, someone that understands that, to understand that, that faith is not the only response, that being faithful is the only response. And now he's saying, and this is the context that you have, to grow in that, to be able to live in that, to be able to respond to that. Through Christ, we are a part of each other. We're not just individuals. It isn't just about me. Now, why might this follow directly after his call to be transformed, to stand firm? I have a clue. I believe that this helps us see the role that the body plays in accountability in relationships and accountability in the body. See, too often, and, and I know that over this last couple of weeks we've talked about accountability and, and the first time when, a couple of weeks ago when I spoke on accountability, I said we really don't like that word when it comes to ourselves. We like it for everybody else. We like others to be accountable. We really don't like it for ourselves. And we're not really sure we like it in the church or in church community. See, in history we've often seen the body of Christ as a place of judgment and a place to fear vulnerability. Much more than a place of love or grace. Much more than a context that God might have given to us as a gift to actually grow or to actually heal or to get better or to fight sin together. Much more than the context God gave us that, that it's an instrumental context in the process of our transformation to being Christ-like. We've seen it much more as something to fear and judgment than we have as that. And this has made it sometimes, this has made a church community or churches or, or faith communities, this has sometimes made it a place to be fake more than real, to be careful more than open, to be competitive more than conciliatory, to be on guard more than to relax. You know, what are they thinking? You know, what will they say about me? And that plays out, in, and, I, and I, I haven't got time to, but that plays out in all sorts of different ways. You know, the, the, the traditional or the, the, the typical, you know, um, coming for prayer out the front. You know, quite frankly, the reason I often don't do it 
is because, you know, I'll think, well, what, you know, if I go forward for prayer, what, what are people thinking? You know, when I teach in, in, in um, the, the mission schools in YWAM, one of the first days I teach, I talk about our, 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 um, our response to ministry, you know, and I talk to the students and I say, and Wade, you've been there when I've done, I say to them, look, you know, if someone is willing to pray for you, rather than sit there and watch for the first sorry soul to get up there and slink forward, because that's what it's like, isn't it? You should be beating each other down to get there first. Who wouldn't want a blessing from Jesus if there was one to be had? Who would not want that? Who would not want the opportunity to grow? But unfortunately, church communities haven't been that, haven't reflected that to each other. And isn't that sad? That is not a fertile place for accountability to do its good work because we fear it, don't we? And yet... This is the place, this is the church community, the faith community, the family of God should be, and it can be. Just because that's how it might have been historically or that might be the way we've experienced it doesn't mean that we now as church or churches align ourselves with that, give up and let the ideal go. And that's why we're talking about it. That's why we've spent three weeks talking about it. Just because it hasn't worked in the past or hasn't always been great, doesn't mean we let the ideal go. Accountability in the body does not need to be something we fear. It can be something we embrace. And it can be something that leads us to the very transformation that we want. That deep down we really want. You know, I talk to some people and, and you know, and you can talk to me sometimes and say, oh, do you, do you want to be, and you think, oh, no, I'm, I'm good right now. I, you know, I don't want the, but deep down in our hearts, there's something of the seed of faith. There's something of the seed of God in us. There's something in us that wants to respond to God and transform to be more like Him. There's something that, in us that wants to reflect God more and more. Yes, there's a broken world around us and our own lives are broken around us. But deep down in our souls, the work of Christ has done that work so that we want, aspire to be more like Christ, that transformation that we want. A couple of quotes I had for you. Um, Accountability can be a means in which God draws us through the friendship and fellowship of others to himself. Self-sufficiency says we don't need anyone, but humility shouts for help from those God has placed in our lives. God graciously reminds us that apart from him we can do nothing. And one great means of that reminder are the brothers and sisters he puts in our lives. And another one. Yes, it is the gospel that transforms us, but it's in the context of godly relationships in the church that our hearts are laid bare for the gospel to do its deepest and its best work. We can't see accountability or transformation. We can't see what Paul's talking about outside the body. We can't see that all by ourselves. We can't see that without accountability, without that, that, that encouragement to grow. You know, Joel spoke to us last week about truth and, and that we point to the truth of Christ in each other. He's saving work for us and he's empowering through the indwelling Holy Spirit. Really good. Really, really important for us to grasp. And I hope you heard that last week because that's ultimately the greatest power we have. However, the Holy Spirit doesn't merely empower his people as individuals. He fills and empowers the church collectively. We need to remember that. 
You know, that I don't have this little power engine in me, the Holy Spirit, so I don't need anybody else anymore. I can just shoot off into the never-never and be transformed. And No, the Holy Spirit fills the church collectively. The Holy Spirit fills me, and when I come in here, and you all come in here full of the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit descends and fills us as a community, fills us collectively as the church. So let's talk about that transformation that we want to need and how accountability plays a part in that. First again, and Joel, excellent message last week. If you haven't heard it, you can catch up online and you can listen to it as a podcast and you really should. First, as we reminded last week, our transformation is not ours to accomplish. It's God's and Him alone through the amazing work of Jesus Christ. And that's the truth. And Knowing that, as, as such, it can't be achieved or guaranteed by our efforts or our best encouragement of others. The one fact we can count on is that it's the Holy Spirit's work and not effort that does that. So we need to understand that. So then you might ask, and this has got me asking the question because that sort of pulled my sermon up to a halt, screeching halt. So then why put in the effort? Why make moves myself? Why be accountable? Why would I even make an effort in transformation if it's all God's work, if it's all, you know, it's all, you know, done? Well, it helps me to think of it like this a little bit. This is not a a complete analogy, but it's good reform theology, so it should be in there anyway. Um, the great truth of justification and sanctification, and we all know how that works. This helps me to understand it a little bit. Yes, you know, I can't, it's, it's God's work, and we reminded that last week, and that is absolutely the truth. But this helps me understand that justification is complete and achieved by God through Christ. It's a done deal in our lives. We are justified by faith. You know, God did that work through Christ on the cross. I can't add to it, I can't make it better, I can't make it any, I can't make my justification just a little bit better than your justification. I can't make sure I just get a little bit better room in heaven than you because my justification is a little better. I can hope. I can't. Sanctification, however, transformation from one thing to the other, isn't it? Is still happening daily as I live. That process of sanctification in my life is still continuing. I'm transforming, aren't I? A sanctification, I'm transforming to become more like Christ, to reflect that justifiedness, which is not a word, that God did. It helps me to understand a little bit. I know it's not complete, but it helps me understand that I'm justified. It's all done. I can't add to it. But that process of sanctification, God is calling me to walk that out in my life, to look more like what he dreamed and what he knows, who he knows I am. Yes, it's by the work of the Holy Spirit in me. You know, sanctification is even through by the work of the Holy Spirit in me. But it's also by the work of the Holy Spirit in you for me. Let me say that again. Transformation, sanctification, if you like, is the work of the Holy Spirit in me. But it's also the work of the Holy Spirit in you for me. That's how the body works. He called us to be the body of Christ. He called us into community, to be in relationship. And that's a place where we get to be reminded of that truth. We're pointed in a direction of Christ and his work of transformation and called to holiness for each one of us. 
So where I'm not always able to see that for whatever reason, you help me. In the context of accountability, I'm reminded of the work of the Holy Spirit in me. He's indwelling presence. And I'm reminded by you that I have everything I need. But Paul talks about that in Ephesians. And that everything includes you. So what if accountability is less about what I haven't done or what I should do and more about what was done and because of that what I could do? Say that again. What if accountability was less about what I haven't done or I should do and more about what has been done by Christ and that because of that what I could do? Accountability is much, much more than calling each other out on sin. It's calling one another up to faith that Christ has and can slay our sin. It's not sin-centered, but Christ-centered accountability. Helping each other see in really practical ways that resident in us, that, that living in us is the power to be followers of Christ. There's a power to be continually transforming, growing in living lives of holiness, and not just in religious areas. You know, holiness becomes this religious word where we think we need to live, you know, holiness is in all these religious activities. Holiness permeates all of our life, our responses to people, the way that we work, the way we deal with our money. I should have the pledge packs now. It, it, holiness, it, it, it permeates all of that, doesn't it? When we reduce holiness to simply stopping sinning, we become incredibly superficial and we miss the big picture of what salvation was and is all about. It's about transformation. Paul often says things like, you know, you, you read his, his words and he says, Once we were, now we are. Once I was, now I am. Paul's always talking about that transformation, that journey that we're on together transforming holiness is not just about stopping something it's about becoming someone becoming like jesus that's our call to holiness you know i remember speaking on that a little while ago and and um talking about holiness becoming someone and and um i think that's really we really need to understand that transformation and, and whole is, is not about um, stopping stuff and, and you know, flagellating, self-flagellating. And it's about becoming the very thing that Christ intended us to be, becoming like him. It's a, you know, it's, it's, it's a journey to, to being better. So accountability, where that leads us to transformation, is not about just halting us in our place, but it's about opening the window, the, the door, the opportunity to see exactly what Christ has done and wants to do in our lives. And that can only be good. That can only be amazing. So do we have a part to play in that? And can a... Accountability relationships, you know, the mechanics of it, can that help? I think it can. You know, another one of Joel's examples last week was not asking, you know, when he shared the story about when he left his grow group and, you know, what three things will you do? Oh, why did I do that? You know? But point to what Jesus has done. I like that because that's where the power of transformation is. But whilst making decisions to change things or being challenged is not wrong, perhaps a better accountability chat might sound like this. This is what Christ has done. 
So because of that, what can or will you do in response? And how can I walk alongside you and help you in that? That might be a better way. Not that we don't need to change, but we point to an opportunity and we walk the road with them. I can discover with the help of a brother or sister how I can better align myself with the work of God and the work that God wants to do in me, namely transformation. Accountability does play a role in that. And I believe it is a part of God's plan, calling us to community. God calls us to be part of a community, not just so that you have somewhere to go on Sunday mornings or that you have some kind of organized way of worship where you didn't have to figure out the songs and you didn't have to figure out the message because that's all done for you. That's not the central reason that Christ called you to be part of a body, why God called you to be part of this body. He called you to be part of this body because he knows that you have something to bring and that this body has something to bring to you. And that as he is calling you to the road of sanctification, as he is calling you to be transformed, he wants you to be part of this body in its big settings and in its smaller settings, in in church, in life groups and grow groups. He wants you to be part of that body because they are part of what God has given you as a gift to see that transformation happen. The role of accountability is to facilitate or encourage transformation. And let me get my mission plug in here. The focus is on transformation in me firstly, but then through me into the world. If transformation just stops with me, what a terrible waste. What an absolute terrible waste. You know, initially, you know, God... God calls me to be transformed and, and my motivation for, for wanting to be accountable, for wanting to be part of a body, to, to look for people to help me in transformation, that's for me firstly, but it has to be through me into the world. It's never, ever just about us. Never, ever. Salvation, sanctification, transformation is never about us only. It's about God and Him being ever more visible through us in the world through us as individuals, but that's what we're about as a church community as well. Isn't that beautiful? You do it as individuals, but you do it as a community. He is the transformer and we point to him. We become the agents for him, his agents. We can absolutely count on God to do his part every day. We can absolutely count on his finished work in our lives. And as we're accountable to him and grow and transform, we have a greater and greater influence and reach. Do you remember that first sermon where I talked about the talents, the, the three guys with the talents? What happened to the two guys that did multiply the talents? They were, given incre- they were given greater responsibility, greater influence. They were put over greater things, so their responsibility and their influence grew. I believe that as we continue to be transformed, as we begin, continue to reflect God, and we allow him through the body, through others, to transform us, that he will give us greater reach and influence in the world and the community around us. And ultimately, that's what it's about. Ultimately, it's about every knee bowing and every tongue confessing that Jesus Christ is Lord, that he's the King of kings, that there is no greater, that he's done everything necessary for every human being on earth. Isn't that the truth? 
For all this, we need God's help. We need the Holy Spirit in us. You know, sometimes I said like the first, sometimes I'm the guy with the one talent, aren't I? I'm the, I, can't even, I can't even begin to think, how, you know, why would he have given me? I can't even, you know, look, I'm flat out getting my own life going. I don't need to, to play with the talent that God gave me. I'm, you know, getting the kids to school, getting my, paying my mortgage. I'm, I'm just beating down, beating people down at the door. Really, God, do you want me to, really? Do you want me to grow? I, sometimes that's how I feel. And I think sometimes that's how we feel. I need God's help and I need your help. I don't feel like digging up that talent and multiplying it. It's fine there. It's not bothering me in the ground. But it's not how it's intended. That's not how God intended me to live. He wanted me to grow in holiness and be a, a, a reflection of Him. So as we wrap up accountability, I, I pray and I hope. And, and even in the process of doing this myself, I'm, I'm more and more convinced of the role of accountability. I pray and I hope that that's been your journey, that you've, that you've understood that the body is a gift, that these people around you look around you, they are not your enemy. They are fellow sojourners. They're people that deal with pretty much exactly the same things that we all deal with, and God has given them to you as a gift to help you to navigate your way, to help you to dig up that talent maybe, to help you to... to to, to become more and more like Him, to help you on that road of sanctification, to become more and more like Christ. And they're not for you, so the world would see that He's Lord of all, that He truly, truly is, that we believe it and we're willing to live for that. Trust, truth and transformation. That's what accountability can do. You know, um, practically, there are a lot of people in life, gr- in, in grow groups in our in our church community. But um, maybe you're not. Maybe you would like to be in a. Um, maybe you'd love to be in an accountability relationship, or you'd like to meet with somebody, or you'd like to be able to um, talk with somebody, but you're not really sure how to do it. You're not really sure how to, you know, how do you approach somebody or how do you find somebody that would be willing to, to meet with you every now and then, to, to talk with you, that you could share with, it, that they could share with you. How would you do that? And, um, you know, we understand that that's, that's sometimes an issue. If that's you, if you feel like, you know, I'd really, I've listened to these messages and I'd really like to, to be involved in something like this, but I'm not really sure how to do it, come and talk to one of us. Come, come and talk to Joel. Come and talk to me, any one of the leaders uh, your life group leader, if you're in a life group, talk to them. Maybe even in your life groups, talk about, well, maybe that's a great place to start in our life group. Why don't a couple of us guys get together or a couple of us girls get together? You know, ask for help. We'd be willing to help you. We'd be willing to, to make connections for you. There's other great tools. We've got these little cards here. We've had them in the church office, and I'm going to pop them up there on the back. The Grow Groups, Encouragement, Support, Accountability. You know, upwards, inwards, outwards, some things that you could, some ways that you could focus and focus your discussion and talk about things that might help you. There's other tools that you can pop in your Bible, questions you can ask each other. And, you know, I think sometimes as, as churches, we get into these, you know, it's not a church, we're people of habit, aren't we? We're creatures of habit. We like to think we're, we're sort of right out there, but we're just creatures of habit. And we kind of think, okay, so this is a grow group. We've got to do it this way. You know what? When you get together with someone else, pray 
It might look totally different than someone else's grow group. It might look entirely different. As long as you remember that it's about walking the road with each other and, and helping each other become more and more Christ-like, transforming to be like him. So we want to encourage everybody to be part of a grow group. Not so that we can tick that box, because it's not even on the National Church Life Survey grow groups. Purely because we believe that it will benefit us all and benefit us as a church. That it would be one of the, one of the great ways that we can give glory to God. So please come and talk to us about that. Let me pray with you, and then we're going to finish with a, with a song this morning. Heavenly Father, we, we want to thank you that um, you made yourself accountable to us. That we don't have to wonder whether it's all done and whether... Um, <laughs> we don't have to wonder whether our justification is complete or not. It is complete because of what you've done. We don't have to wonder whether you're interested in, in the journey that we are, are on in life because we know that you are. We don't have to wonder why you called us into community and why you called us to be part of the body. Because, Lord, we look at your word and we know why. Lord, we don't have to look at each other and see each other as competition or someone to fear or someone that is going to um, expose me. But, Lord, we can look at each other as fellow sojourners, people that have, have all been, both been, each of us been recipients that amazing grace and we needed it and that because of that we can have that mercy compassion and hope for each other to see that transformation take place in each other's lives lord help us to see that open our eyes to that open our eyes to see that you've given us everything we need to live the life you've called us in salvation but even practical in each other and lord i pray that as we um as we understand, as we see that, Lord, that we begin to see your world with new eyes, that we begin to become agents of hope, that same hope, that same transformation, that same mercy to a broken world, that even as we heard earlier this morning in a number of different countries and a number of different contexts, and even in our very own community, a message that's so desperately needed. Lord, don't just call us, encourage us, Prompt us, push us, exhort us to become your people here on earth. Lord, as a church, we pray that you would continue to grow us in influence, that you continue to grow us as a place of transformation for each other and for the world around us as well. I pray that we would align ourselves with your word in ways that make a difference. And I pray that it would be for your glory that the world would see just how great you are in Jesus' name. Amen.